the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen, Let's Roll, with Kathleen and Brian Milanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband Brian is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian are here to discuss current events from a biblical worldview and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Melanakis on K-Praise. Welcome to Biblical Citizens Let's Roll. Last week, we talked about risks of vaccines, which is something, it's information that is difficult for the general public to get unless they know where to go. We're talking with vaccine rights attorney and advocate of informed consent, Mr. Greg Glazier, and we didn't even get through half the material last week, so we're so glad that Greg has agreed to be with us against, again today. To review, Greg Glazier is an expert with the National Group Physicians for Informed Consent and represents this group here today. He's an expert in constitutional law and is, and is involved in several lawsuits to protect our rights to guard our own health and that of our children. Welcome back, Greg. Thank you. So nice to be here. It was really interesting talking to you last week. Uh, Just a brief review for our listeners. We talked about some of the risks of vaccines that people don't realize are much higher than they thought. Some of the scandalous things that uh, some of the risks that people are taking. We talked about some of the toxic ingredients in vaccines like mercury, thimerosal, aluminum, formaldehyde, animal DNA, aborted fetal cells. Well, we're going to talk more about that. Uh, Retroviruses, other really questionable components and how these can cause chronic and other diseases. We talked about the lack of adequate safety testing, how vaccine manufacturers are not legally liable for any of the injuries that they may cause. This is a problem and gives the pharma companies of financial incentives not to do adequate safety testing and instead an incentive to develop more and more vaccines so that American children are more vaccinated and now they're, uh, it's up to 72 doses than they ever have been before. It's uh, used to only be four or five that were required. We also talked about the link between the accelerated schedule of vaccines and the public health crisis of more, of more and more childhood and chronic diseases even years later from getting a vaccine. Finally, we talked about how pharmaceutical advertising is compromising our press, including our medical journals. It has such deep pockets and direct to consumer advertising dollars. Well, when you look into this whole topic, it is really multifaceted and the more disturbing it becomes. Did I miss anything, Greg? That's a good summary. Thank you. Well, let's talk more about something every Christian and morally conscious person should be concerned about. What about this fact that vaccine makers use aborted fetal cells in their vaccines? This is just really objectionable and I don't think most people know this. Do you know how widespread this is? Sure. Yeah, it's it is a uh, 
it is a component in certain of the vaccines. For example, varicella was manufactured from cell lines that came from aborted fetuses. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that we know how many fetuses were used, there were tens of fetuses used. um, I forget the exact number, uh, but it was a lot. And one of the ways we know is because there was a deposition of one of the uh, vaccine uh, scientists named Stanley Plotkin. And this deposition happened in Michigan uh, just a couple years ago. And he admitted to using, he, he also couldn't remember, he used so many aborted fetuses that he, he didn't even know how, how many it was. Um, so I think he guessed. And uh, just it just terrible. goes to show that this is, that uh, obviously even one aborted fetus is yeah. too many. So, I mean, it, it, yeah. it just goes to show that vaccines is a form of mad science. Uh, Basically, what they do is they really? take a... Um, they take an antigen, like a disease like varicella, for example, and then they will just combine it with other excipients, like a, um, like a, a formaldehyde, for example, which is mm-hmm. a preservative. And they will... Which is cancer-causing, by the way. Correct. Yeah. And so, so they mix it all together like a witch's brew, and the goal is to shock your immune system. And, you know, we talked about the, the, how the vaccine makers don't have an incentive to do, a, uh, to do safety studies. Well, they, they also um, don't have an incentive to use uh, anything that would be considered a safe ingredient because their goal is just to produce antibodies. It's like, it's like they're, uh, if, if there was a grade sheet, they're not scored on safety. They're only scored on one thing. How many antibodies can they produce? And their goal is to hide safety. It's just to, to do as minimal testing as possible. So they do short-term testing. Like some of the monitoring periods are as short as three days. You'd never find any autoimmune conditions in that. There's no long-term passive surveillance. VAERS has a 99% failure rate, but I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting off track. The, the point is that these, these vaccines uh, that are manufactured with these, these toxins Mm-hmm. are so harmful to the human body. The body recognizes them as this foreign substance. The body is shocked. And the vaccine manufacturer, they just have an incentive to produce antibodies to shock your body. And so the vaccine manufacturer just tries to put as much and as high as quantity possible that they, that they can get away with of these, um, these toxins into the vaccine because it'll produce an antibody response. And that's what gets them licensed. That's their scorecard. That's yeah. their goal is just to create a vaccine that they claim is effective, meaning it shocks your body so much that you will produce antibodies, which is only theoretically a sign of immunity, by the way. It's not even, it's not even direct proof of immunity. So in addition so, to the, the severe moral problem of using human fetuses to do these kinds of experiments uh, that are not scientific because you don't have a control group, in addition to that horrible, more ethical, uh, just t- terrible situation, there's scientific dangers too. You're injecting human DNA into your body. So uh, that's really a terrible problem that more people should know about. Okay, but I want to shift course just a little bit because we're living in the COVID era called COVID pandemic, called COVID lots of things, and there's so much talk about a COVID vaccine. Now, we're not going to go into great detail on this, but I was reading a summary, Greg, of the different vaccines that are in development, and several of them, including the one from Moderna, is using a completely new approach, uh, RNA, DNA changing injection and Dr. Kerry Madey, who's researched vaccines for years, has said that once your DNA is changed, you probably won't be able to change it back. Um, at the least, and I won't ask you to go into any de- great detail on this, but isn't the fact that several of these COVID vaccines are using a completely new mechanism of action and being rushed through, doesn't that represent quite a bit of risk? 
It, it, yeah, it's tremendous risk. Yeah, the 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 idea of altering your DNA in order for uh, to achieve a short term benefit is, of, I mean, this is one of the worst bargains you could make. It would be like uh, if somebody walked up to you and they said, "I'll give you a saltine cracker if you let me hit you in the face with a baseball bat," you know, or 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 chop off your arm is actually even even more because you'll never get it back. You'd be like, well, I don't know, is that a good saltine cracker? It's like, no, don't do it. <laughs> it's the worst bargain. The the, the reason that they use the um, the RNA vaccine is because they can fast track it. It's way easier to make the vaccine because it gets intracellular, it gets into your cells. And that's why, for example, the COVID vaccine doesn't have aluminum in it, which is an adjuvant. It's not, it doesn't need to trigger your immune system to produce an antibody. It doesn't need to have, it doesn't need to shock your immune system to produce an antibody with aluminum. Instead, it, you, it triggers your DNA. It gets in that DNA level, that in, inside the cell level. So it doesn't, so it's shocking enough like that, like just by itself, you know, you're infiltrating the cell and, and think about that. Like think about all the things in your life where you don't want to be intruded, you know, uh, think about what is set apart, what is holy, you know, you do, you, you know, the blood, the, the cell, you know, the family, you know, marriage, like think of all the things you sanctify and keep separate, you know, why would you invite a pharmaceutical company into your cells? You know, or your DNA, that's, it eradicates the holiness. It reminds me of that off you saying, what could possibly go wrong? Lots, uh, lots of it, things. Well, and this, this COVID disease has a 99.99% recovery rate. So why are you going to destroy your DNA or mess with it at all? Why would you do that for a disease that you are very, very, very likely to get over if you do get it? I mean, sure. it just doesn't make any sense. The, the numbers the numbers can really drive you crazy. But I know an area, uh, Greg, I'm going to try to transition to another part of the COVID, the COVID era we're living in that has been very troubling, whether it's not being able to attend church or kids not being able to go to school. We won't talk about that. But let's talk about the idea of back to vaccines, making vaccines mandatory. Now, masks are mandatory. If you want to buy food to eat, you have to put on your mask. So what are the chances that they are going to make uh, vaccines mandatory? And if so, Greg, is there any remedy to this? Sure. Well, first, I'm very pleased that President Trump is protecting us from mandatory vaccines. Yes. Um, and for many yeah. people, that might be surprising because they might say, well, isn't President Trump the one pushing the vaccine? The, the answer is that the state governors were the ones pushing mandatory vaccination and, and also lo some locality. There are some localities in America who have already mandated the COVID vaccine, even though it doesn't exist, if you, if you can believe it. And they don't yeah. even and they don't even know what it is. Incredible. Exactly. And then and then President Trump says multiple times on camera, this vaccine will be voluntary. He says that he will employ uh, that it's a matter of national security and he will employ the military. Now, what that means is that it will be voluntary and that because it's national security, the governors and these local authorities, they don't have jurisdiction. They cannot mandate it. Even if they tried to mandate it, they couldn't because they would be preempted, federally preempted. Wow, well, that's good news. In my, in my opinion, that's an incredible reason right there to vote for Donald Trump for re-election. I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious. Yeah. That's that's a huge, huge issue. Absolutely. I, I was thrilled. So so while, while the news was you know happening and President Trump was saying, I'm going to use the military for the COVID vaccine, most people in, in the health freedom movement were like, oh, no, he's going to force it on everyone. Not me. I was like, yes, 
He just preempted. He used the federal preemption power of national security to protect us from mandatory vaccines. Like, and as a lawyer, that made perfect sense to me. But if you don't have that legal training, you know, or didn't know about federal preemption, how the system works, maybe didn't know about Jacobson versus Massachusetts and how the legal system is structured to allow local authorities, you, you, know, you wouldn't know that. So um, in, in any case, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, just think about it. President Trump hasn't even mandated the mask. Do you really think he's going to mandate the vaccine? Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. You know, we're coming up to the break, so I'm going to ask a question, but we may have to uh, continue talking about it after the break. And that is, you hear a lot about, if you really get into this, but I, I don't want to assume anything, you hear a lot about nanotechnology and tracking devices, even potentially being incorporated into vaccines. And I've also heard and read that Bill Gates has a patent of some kind for, for tracking with vaccines. I don't want to spread false information. So are you familiar with that at all, Greg? Uh, can you comment on that at all? The, tra- the, the tracking? Yeah, the tracking. Is it, it is, have you come across vaccines actually being developed that would have some kind of tracking device in them? I have looked a little bit into that, including reading one patent approval that dealt with um, the, the connection between, uh, between commerce and vaccines. The, yeah, I, I, think, I think that's, that's the slippery slope that we're all concerned about, which is the, the, uh, the idea that you'd have this injectable technology, this injectable biotechnology, and then it would be tied to your ability to buy or sell or enter society. You know, yeah. I mean, we're talking about the chip, right? Just I mean, because that, we're talking about yeah, the chip. Right. So just because okay. we have the technology to do something doesn't mean we want to do it, right? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's, that's what makes vaccines so dangerous is that, you know, I, you, you can't imagine the, the, um, the globalists being able to, you know, trick everyone to take the chip with the exception of vaccines. Like they're, somehow they're able, if they're able to convince everyone that this is for your own good, this is for, to protect others. And so you have to do this in order to participate in society. And then, you know, for most things, people would say, no, you know, that sounds really Orwellian, but for some reason... When it comes to vaccines, they get a special pass. Like, well, I guess if this is this is what it takes, and so that that's what makes vaccines so dangerous on that um, Orwellian level. Thanks so much, Greg. Mm-hmm. You have a wonderful talent and skill in explaining things in ways that the layman, that the listeners can understand so much better than most of the people I've heard on this. So we're at the break, but stick with us. We got a we got a couple other really important things to cover. So stick with us. There is more Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Still to come on K-Praise. God loves San Diego. This is K-Praise, a service of Salem Media Group. Welcome back to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Milanakis on K-Praise. Welcome back to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. We are talking with vaccine rights attorney Greg Glazier. So, we've been talking about the COVID vaccine, specifically other issues to do with vaccines in general, but let's review about the COVID vaccine. So let me get this straight. If the makers of the Moderna vaccine at this point were going to fully comply with the principles of informed consent, and from what I understand or what we know to date about it, wouldn't it sound something like this? We want to inject you with an experimental rush-to-market vaccine that has already caused serious side effects in a significant number of the subjects who've been injected. We are foregoing the usual safety testing that usually takes years, and we do not use control group studies. We do not do, 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 we don't do that. And 
you know, this is a disease that is has a recovery rate, the COVID, of uh, 99.9%, so it's really not needed anyway. But yes, uh, the technology in our vaccine includes RNA and DNA changing material, which is untested, never been used before. It has other toxic and questionable ingredients in it, or maybe even a tracking device. If you do get an injury, you will not be able to sue the government. You will, I mean, you will have to sue the government. You will not be able to sue the pharmaceutical companies. Uh, and you will not be able to get any compensation because pharmaceutical companies are not legally liable for the damage they cause. So you can't sue them. So that's the informed consent that people, if they really know about this COVID vaccine, that's a lot of the information, wouldn't it? Isn't that right? Wow. Yeah. Uh, If you had the opportunity to write the vaccine information statement, I believe that uh, even less people would take take the vaccine. But yeah, no, the the vaccine information statement will have all sorts of disclaimers on there, but it won't, but they're, but they're buried, you know, they're buried in this sort of overall um, statement about the benefit of the vaccine. And so it's, you know, yeah, they just the, keep the, pushing the lack it. Of information on COVID is 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 going to su- suggest that this vaccine information statement, which is required for informed consent, um, might be more um, revealing than other vaccines. But we'll see because it hasn't come out yet. You know, Greg, I want to mention I read a summary of the COVID vaccine from not uh, not a source like Kathleen, but the Politico, Politico, which is not exactly it's a, definitely a lib- liberal leaning news source. And they expressed concerns because they said that in the COVID studies to date, most optimistically, most optimistically, we can expect a 50% effectiveness rate. Then they talked about side effects, and they said the side effects were significant, and every COVID vaccine currently under development requires a booster shot. There's two stages to it, I believe three months apart. Yeah. And and the person writing the article, and again, this is a very pro-vaccine, very concerned about getting everyone to take the vaccine's point of view. They were saying there's a big concern among pharma and the medical community that once people take the first round of COVID vaccines, they're going to have significant side effects like shaking, chills, fevers, specifically mentioned in the article. And so then they many of them won't come back for a second shot. So I thought this was extraordinary because this is from a very pro-vaccine standpoint. And it was from the standpoint of how can we get everyone to take the vaccine? And it makes it, it increases the concern that in certain situations, if they could, they'd make it mandatory because otherwise people aren't going to do it. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is the classic uh, globalist play. What they do is they will, they will create the very problem and then claim that they, the solution is it. So for example, they'll say everyone needs to go get a flu shot. And then a month later, you got a bunch of sick people and they go, oh, wow, it's a good thing that we gave you the flu shot. Otherwise, imagine how sick you would have been. Like, wow, really? Yeah. That's your logic? You know, I can imagine the same thing with the COVID. Uh, you know, the, a bunch of people go out and get the COVID shot and then they get sick and then they say, wow, you know, what a second wave we had. It's a good thing that, you know, you're getting this shot. Or, you know, they might say, uh, I mean, and the same, the same phenomenon applies in, uh, in the social sphere as well. You know, they say, um, gosh, we have all of this, uh, you know, this, this social, uh, the social injustice. So let's burn down a bunch of cities and gosh, it's a good thing that we did that because that really prevents uh, social injustice. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm talking about Antifa. 
Yep. And, and you know, it's so, so once you, once you know the playbook of the globalists, then it becomes really easy to see what they're doing with vaccines. Well, I used to give flu shots, uh, not knowing much about it, really. I just was told to do it and it was a good thing. But I would get reports from people that they got the flu anyway. You know, after getting the shot, they got the flu. So logically, therefore, either the flu shot did not protect them or it caused it. And so they should do more studies on that. Flu shots are a boondoggle as well. And maybe you can say a little bit about your UCSD case. The flu shot. Yeah, sure. You know, we're, we're working on the, the flu case. We have some of the best experts in the, in the world on this issue. And we're showing that the flu shot uh, doesn't prevent the flu. No, it doesn't. Uh, you know, it's, I mean, they're guessing at the strain, you know, and then uh, let alone the severity of it, you know, if, if you do get it. Right, because uh, and then, viruses and then, always mutate. What, what are the side effects of the flu shot? You know, that's, that's the thing. I mean, that, see, this is the great problem of all vaccine science. They will, the pharmaceutical companies will not look at the health of the unvaccinated. They, the pharmaceutical companies are so afraid of unvaccinated children that they have created an, a, a, an argument. They say it is unethical to even ask them questions. Think about that for a second. The pharmaceutical company is saying it's unethical to even ask someone a question about whether, about their health if they're unvaccinated. They say the moment you see an unvaccinated person, just stick them with a needle right, right then and there. Don't even ask them any questions. Even though the standard best practices for vaccination is you're supposed to take a full health history before you vaccinate. And so it's this totally concoct argument, which shows it's their greatest fear. Because, mm. because, and, and, and now, now, why would pharmaceutical companies have never studied the unvaccinated? That, that makes, that makes no sense because you can do, and I know this from being in the pharmaceutical industry, you can do retrospective studies. You get the consent of the yeah. patients. They, they enroll and what they do instead of getting shots or medication, they, they, uh, exactly. reveal their health history. They reveal their health history and they can exactly. document their health history. So that's voluntary on their part. They agree to do that. And it would be such a valuable study. I can't believe. Again, I was I gotta admit, I was not aware I was not aware of this stuff. I really wasn't. And see, but that's the thing. I mean, uh, those of us in the know, we know they did it. Of course they did it. They they just won't publish it. So I mean and and we've already seen some some preliminary stuff they've done, like with the um the vaccine safety data link. What they did is they they looked at uh children who go to the conventional hospitals like Kaiser, Mm -hmm. you know, and they know whether they're unvaccinated. And so they started looking at their health and what they did was they like, oh, well, we can't look at the, I mean, we can't publish this, you know, it'll completely expose the vaccine program. So let's try to just narrow the results. So they said, well, we're going to exclude everyone from our preliminary look who doesn't go to multiple doctor's appointments. Anyone who knows the unvaccinated who are incredibly healthy, guess what they don't do? They don't go to doctor's appointments for the very reason that they're healthy. You know, could you imagine doing a study and you exclude people who don't regularly go to doctor's appointments? It's, it's, it's and, they, and they have the nerve to say it's unethical to to yeah. uh, interview and, these unvaccinated people. What about yeah. their their ethics? What is going on with this? What about their ethics? Yeah, I mean, during our first during our first radio program, we talked about how they injected children with mercury and claimed it was a placebo. Incredible. Yeah. Nothing ethical about that. That is directly unethical. That's medical experimentation. There's no medical benefit of mercury. To do that to a child is, is child abuse. But they've gotten away with it. And But their day of reckoning is coming. 
um, I think that the the unvaccinated uh, will show. And I am the lead counsel for litigation called the Control Group litigation, where we've looked, we've done a pilot survey to look at the health of the unvaccinated. They're the healthiest people on the planet. Uh, we've learned incredible things. We've learned that the the chances of an unvaccinated child having a chronic illness, if they have received no vaccines, no case shot, their mother was not vaccinated during pregnancy, their chance of having a chronic illness is 2%. Oh, wow. Compare that to over 50% in the vaccinated population. So you've got 2% chance of having chronic illness if you're unvaccinated compared to 50% if you're vaccinated. What is the likelihood of that being chance? Just, you know, it just happened to be a random chance. You know, we just interviewed, you know, over a thousand unvaccinated people. It just happened only 2%, you know. That is astronomical. The astronomical odds. We're talking about, you would have to, you, your odds are better of winning the lottery every single day of the week. Every day you win the jackpot lottery every day of the week. That's, you have better odds of that happening. So I am so excited. a random chance. I am so excited about your litigation and well, just proving the things that you have a goal of improving in your uh, control group litigation, recognizing the role of vaccines in the children's health epidemic. That's a big uh, goal right there, but it is really becoming more apparent. Upholding the control group studies of vaxxed versus unvaxxed as scientifically advantageous. Yeah. uh, The basic concept of using a control group for your safety studies. That's huge. It's it's, it's the most important thing. It's the, and, and, and there's two reasons we know it's mo- the most important. Uh, number one, it completely resonates with people. Everyone can understand, you know, um, imagine you, you're, imagine you're pregnant. Okay. And the doctor walks in and he says, look, I can inject you with this, this shot, you know, granted it's, it's not, you know, tested on pregnant women. I can inject you with this. And, you know, there's a 50% chance that, you know, your child will have an injury uh, at some point if you, you know, do the whole CDC schedule. Um, so, or if you want, you know, there's only a 2% chance that your child would have a chronic illness. If you I'll, I'll take the 2%. Greg, I'm sorry, but the, the, the uh, dictates of time are causing us to thank you so much. I wish, you, I wish we could have you back three, four, five more times, but I think in the future we are going to want you to come back again. This has been way more than, I even, than we even expected in terms of useful, very beneficial, helpful information. Thanks, Greg. I'm so glad. Thank you. To bless your neighbor this week, please become more informed about Physicians for Informed Consent and and others. Support Greg in the control group litigation. Sign up for updates. Again, look up Physicians for Informed Consent. The Lord exhorts us in the Bible to test all things. God bless you till next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Join us next week at this same time as Kathleen Melanakis, author and retired registered nurse, and her husband, Brian Melanakis, former company president, explore the deeper issues and spiritual forces behind the news and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover more major news happening from the view of the biblical citizen. To learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor, send an email to biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. That's biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. This has been Biblical Citizen. Let's roll on K-Praise. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.